Hello, this is Frank Falvey with Frank Presents, and it is my great honor to have a co-host with me today, the, uh, the, the, the I was going to say honorable, the honorable. <laughs> I am honorable, Steve, but not in that way. <laughs> Steve Sherlock, uh, who is with Franklin Matters. But most of all, we have a special guest and uh, current member of the school committee, incumbent. Welcome, Dave Callahan. <laughs> Thank you both very much. I uh, I really appreciate this. Long time no see. And <laughs> I uh, appreciate the opportunity to uh, to speak with both of you, um, and uh, you know just to, to talk about about Franklin and about the school committee. Yeah, it's been uh, since the last election. Frank and I have talked from time to time, but as you may be aware, in some of the run up to this, one of the things that we did as the studio was surveyed the electorate in terms of how can we improve delivering info. And one of the feedbacks they gave us was that Frank respectfully did some video, I did some audio, and some candidates chose to do text. But respectfully, some of the community members only could get the text, but they really wanted the video or vice versa. So we're collaborating, makes it a little easier for you from a schedule perspective. You don't have to negotiate. We got us both. And then we'll take the video, extract the audio, and then produce a transcript so that the voters and the residents will get all the info in whatever format they want. So I, th I think it's a great service that we're attempting to provide. No, I, I, I really appreciate, like you said, especially on the, the scheduling uh, mm -hmm. you know, standpoint is, uh, is great. But then also, yeah, just to be able to kind of provide as many you know, vehicles and uh, uh, for, for everybody to, to pick up, because there's a lot of candidates, there's a lot of different issues, and uh, even though it's not a hotly contested election, uh, this time around, it's still incredibly important just to, to get to know everybody. So tell us about yourself. So uh, my wife and I uh, came to Franklin in 2010 uh, to uh, looking to start a family and really chose Franklin because of its incredible schools and the, the public safety uh, aspect as well. And then, you know, now kind of flash forward 13 years and uh, I got uh, my daughter is a seventh grader over at Horace Mann and my little guy is a first grader at Kennedy. And just been absolutely loving everything that, that Franklin has had to offer. And for quite some time, I always thought about getting back into to town governance, uh, where I was before. I, I served as the chairman of the, the, the town traffic committee. And so I'd always thought about kind of tossing my hat back in that ring. And finally, it was a, the summer of 2020 when we had 103 mm -hmm. teachers that were let go because, uh, because of just financial concerns that I kind of realized I, I couldn't wait any longer. I, I needed to, to get back in and to be able to help do my part to, however I'm, I might be able to, to kind of guide the, the financial stability of the Franklin Public Schools moving forward. And so that's kind of what brought me in and, and that's what is keeping me around for another, another term right now. Hmm. It's a good point. We can pick up on that too because effectively you became engaged. You had been prior, which is good, and then you came engaged here, which is even better from a Franklin perspective, so we appreciate that. And the question that it leads to is then clearly citizen engagement also requires voter engagement. So can you speak to the voter p aspect of that because we've certainly seen you know, low turnouts for the local elections, which are effectively the most important elections? Yeah, it's something where, to be an active voter, I, I take so much pride in myself um, and, you know, uh, how, how often, you know, like when I go to the polls and how engaged I, I, I try to be when I, when I go as well. And I try to pass that down to my kids as well. It's, uh, it's always been, you know, a, a, 
election day is is a holiday uh, over at home, and I'll bring the kids into the boat, uh, ballot boxes, and we'll kind of have conversations leading up to it. I love, uh, as silly as this is, when uh, the the Secretary of the Commonwealth, when uh, they'll send out those notices that kind of talk about here are the issues mm -hmm. that are coming up, here's the legalese, and here's how the breakdown is. The red book. Yeah, those red books. I'll sit down at the, the kitchen table and we'll talk to the kids about it to kind of explain what's going on. Um, and so that's, that's something that I've really tried to instill in my kids as well because it's, it's so incredibly important to be an active uh, voter. And uh, I'm prideful of, of my voting record. And, and you know, I'd love to, I can't wait to see what my kids kind of grow up to as well and hopefully mm -hmm. be able to, to get that with them as well. Yeah, and drawing upon your background, Chloe, you've already been on the one term of the school committee as it's coming now, but for those listeners who may not have paid attention or for certainly the voters who are going to be preparing for November 7th, what is it from your background that you really bring to the table from a school committee perspective, some of the strengths that you can bring to help the school committee, because we'll get into that in a little <laughs> bit. You've got some issues ahead of you. <laughs> yes, uh, the, uh, whoever the, the seven are that, that make up the school committee for next term, we have a lot of work uh, ahead of us. But um, in, uh, I work in the, the public sector, and I've worked in the, the public sector for about 15 years, and uh, have a, prior to that, have a master's in public administration uh, when I went to grad school. And uh, you know, I really felt like uh, through, through my work and through my education, was really able to bring a better understanding about how some of the committee work needs to get done. Uh, because that's really one of the biggest things is the work that's done at the, like the, the subcommittee levels. Mm. You know, like the, for the school committee, it's typically it's about three uh, individuals uh, that make up the, some of these smaller committees where so much work is being done. And, and it was through that, I do a lot of um, policy writing uh, through professionally, and one of the bigger uh, obstacles that we really kind of looked to address when we first, uh, this, this term first came around is I served as the chairman of the policy subcommittee. And we really uh, rewrote from the ground up the, the bullying and the harassment and discrimination policies. And it was a, a six month process of, of rewrites and research and talking to getting legal counsel to, to make sure that everything was on the level. But once that went and passed, then it in turn forced the administration to completely change up their protocols and their practices. And mm. um, we really looked to strengthen uh, the, really what the, the, the safety of, of the students when it comes, especially when it comes to bullying. And again, while it was, it was about a six month process, mm -hmm. uh, I do feel that with just like the, the background that, that I already have, uh, was able to, to really help navigate that and, and push that along to provide a much better product and a better uh, safety for a lot of our students. But then now, you know, two years in to the school committee, uh, I have uh, the pleasure of serving uh, as the, on the budget subcommittee along with the joint budget subcommittee, mm -hmm. which is composed of members of the school committee and town council and FinCom. And you know, it's, it's two years of, of meetings, two budget seasons, mm -hmm. uh, which are you know, the, the typically kind of falls, you know, it's, it's spring, budget, and then summer uh, seasons. And uh, it's, it's quite a lot of work, but I, I've learned a great deal. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that moving forward, especially through the joint budget subcommittee, we'll be able to kind of continue along with the, the work and the momentum that we've already done to, like I said, to really help 
strengthen and uh, Franklin's financial stability. Yeah, because for those who certainly many should be aware, but the school budget accounts for, I think it's 50, 55 percent of the town budget. So that's one of the reasons why I've been clearly following it along the way. You've got some systemic issues in there, clearly you're, where you're, your costs seem to be rising more than the town is willing to, or at least fund accordingly with through Chapter 70, which is the separate piece. Um, so yeah, speak to some of the challenges you're going to have next year and what you're hoping to do with the new committee to uh, be able to address those. Yeah, so you know, there's, we've already, yeah, in, in the last budget season, there was a substantial amount of, of cuts that needed to be made in order just to kind of keep keep the books viable for mm -hmm. one more year. One of the things, one of the major cuts uh, that had occurred was uh, across the, the, there was cuts for after school clubs, all at the time middle school clubs were eliminated. Uh, and there was also an increase in the user fees as mm -hmm. well uh, that was being discussed. This is something, you know, for instance, to, to take your kid, uh, to have them ride the bus. It's $350. Uh, just to, to sign your child up to have them get picked up and dropped off by the bus right and while looking at a lot of these fees one of the things we kind of realized uh, one is that when it, many of these fees like the bus fee um, even that that high price tag only accounts for actually about 40% of the total transportation cost yeah um, the the town uh, the, the Franklin budget is picking up the other 60% and also, when I started looking at the particular fees that we were charging, and also kind of comparing to a lot of other communities, hmm. I think there, there is some maneuverability that we have within our existing fee structure to kind of make it both ec more equitable towards the actual programs that we're offering, but also to make it so that the, the programs can operate more sustainably throughout the budget mm -hmm. as well. Um, but in addition to that, one of the things, uh, one of my you know, favorite classes uh, when I was in grad school was grant writing. And uh, in this class, we wound up, what we would do, we actually had to, uh, we kind of partner up and we had to, to find an actual grant that was, that was out there and we kind of had to develop a program and we had to, uh, to write a grant and try to seek funding for the grant and work with uh, another, like in this, our case, it was a uh, community organization within, this is outside of Worcester but actually work to try to secure a grant to get this program up and running. Um, and uh, it always made me want, I was so uh, excited about the, the prospect of grants. And that's something where a lot of the meetings I've kept kind of uh, bringing up and mentioning any time that we've had, uh, we've been able to secure a successful grant. Mm -hmm. And it, to be clear, when I say we, it's uh, Superintendent Jagir and his office, his office. Uh, are doing a fantastic job. And a lot job. of the teachers generally uh, facilitate some of those grant opportunities as well. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a complete, you know, like the entire district is really team, working team towards effort. securing a lot of grants. One of the things that would be fantastic is, uh, I've mentioned this at some meetings, but would be able to, to hire a professional grant writer. The state of Massachusetts has said it's going to pay for all food costs for, for every student in the state of Massachusetts. Well, last I knew there was a small percentage of people that were getting that, that thing, that, that grant. When you look at the cost offset, wouldn't that money be better spent going more directly to the schools instead of 
paying for every student? I think that uh, one of uh, when they kind of talk about you know when you mentioned about some of those small numbers, uh, this is something that we kind of brought up a couple of times throughout our meetings uh, when talking about ensuring families sign up for what was the old free and reduced uh, lunch program because there are a number of families who who do qualify for it but don't submit the applications it, whether or not for its you know, modesty or they just un, un, unaware That's in the same fashion it's certainly the choice just as but it's uh, at the same time it's it's typically not the child's choice and I think there's also a lot of individuals who are kind of right on that cusp uh, where, you know, like they, they might not necessarily fall below that poverty level, but where having meals consistently and, and food stability isn't guaranteed. Your, your school bus system, you're now on a two-tier uh, start time and a two-tier uh, demissile time. Would you give thoughts of engaging the school bus company into looking at a three-tier system? I think right now, uh, especially when it comes to transportation, the cost of transportation, uh, all avenues should be pursued. Uh, if there are savings to be found, we definitely need to, to be able to have some of those conversations. Um, from my understanding, the, one of the bigger drivers would be whether or not uh, in terms of our own school start times. And I know that this was something that was, was very big kind of pre-COVID. A lot of conversations about changing up the school start times, uh, specifically at the middle school level. Uh, the focus there, largely, uh, from my understanding, was just about amount of sleep that the children need uh, compared to what they were getting when they were having to wake up at, at certain hours in order to kind of catch the bus, uh, or just to, to make it to school if the parents weren't able to pay $350. They get out of school pretty early. You could set the times later and still have enough time for sleep. Yeah, there was, and that was uh, a lot of the suggestions that came out of it. The committee really kind of took a, a, a very deep dive into all these issues, and uh, then as some of the decisions were kind of coming out, Unfortunately, they had to be put to bed because there were significant budgetary issues that were facing the Franklin Public Schools. And uh, at the time, uh, Dr. Sarah Hearn uh, elected to focus all of her attention on the, the, the budget hearings and subsequently the, a lot of the budget cuts. And uh, then with the idea that we will in time pull this idea back up, and then March of 2020 came around, and there was other priorities that they had. So this was something that was never readdressed. On October since. 24th, we're voting for a new uh, Tri-County High School. When do you anticipate the next school building will have to be built? So this is something that's, to me, really exciting. And I understand that I might use that term maybe a little <laughs> loosely. Uh, but so the, the Franklin School Committee, we just kicked off a, uh, that right now it's a comprehensive facilities school planning subcommittee. Uh, it's effectively, what we're really looking at, and I, I'm, I'm chairing this, this committee, uh, is threefold. One, we're doing a very deep down, detailed review of every facility that we currently have. 
uh, we're taking a look at all of the updated population uh, numbers along with the population trends as well to kind of forecast where enrollment's going to be uh, over the coming years and decades. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're also going to take a look at the educational vision of Franklin because to, to, to go you know, pre-K to senior is today is a heck of a lot different than it was when I went to school and, and as well as for you know when you, when you gentlemen went to school as well. But uh, what we're going to be looking at over a, a long period of time is all the buildings that we have, uh, the enrollment trends for the decades to come, and then where do we think that Franklin's educational system can and should be, and then how do we use the buildings to get there? So uh, to answer that question, is going to be a lot, uh, many more hours of committee work. Uh, we, where we, it was just uh, about two weeks ago that we really kind of kicked off this this meeting. But it's definitely something that we're we're extremely interested in into looking into. I know that uh, the the time that it takes to to plan and to actually open and construct a building is can take a significantly uh, long uh, number of years and years and years. But uh, at, at this uh, point, we're really just looking to. Uh, just to kind of start figuring that out and taking a long-term look about uh, where Franklin is and where it needs to be and how do we get there. So for the next five years, I don't need to worry about funding a new school building? Not for Franklin. <laughs> yeah, not, not Franklin. for us. Uh, for now, Franklin. I will yeah. say uh, when it comes to Tri-County, they got, you know, there's uh, the vote on the 24th right, and I'm then possibly a debt exclusion. Franklin. I don't anticipate that uh, happening in the next five years, no, sir. Mm -hmm. Policy Committee, mm -hmm. do you believe personally that there's any policy that the school committee or, or the implementation of that policy interferes with your parent responsibility? No. Uh, that was one of the, when I uh, mentioned earlier about starting with the bullying, it later expanded to harassment discrimination, but starting with the bullying, um, if anything, this really gave uh, parents uh, strengthen the parents' abilities to be able to kind of hold administration accountable. The biggest problem that, that I had seen with the, the policy, the bullying policy as written, was that once an event uh, was reported, was, was identified, that administration just had to com conclude a report and investigate timely. And, and timely was the, the specific word that really kind of zeroed me in and, 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 and got me upset mm -hmm. because timely might mean three different things to the three of us. And so uh, it, was, it was that that really kind of kicked off the entire rewrite of the, the bullying policy because we needed to be able to say, no, it's, it's not timely, it's a set number of days. And we even had conversations about, you know, well, what if it's, is it school days, is it business days, is it the end of, uh, of one year, does it carry over to the next year? And we said, no, we're, we're keeping the scope very narrow and the specific days, you know, very defined, so that way if there are incidents that parents have the right, there's policy in black and white to say, hold on a second, you know, this event happened to my child on this date, and so there is an expectation in the, the policy of the school committee that the superintendent has to adhere to along with the staff to say you have this many days in order to, to kind of come back with a lot of those updates. So, no, I don't think there's anything that's, um, you know, if anything, we've, we've just strengthened parental rights. I'm a graduate of the oldest public high school in the United States of America, Boston English High School. Our nebulous Latin was a prep 
for Harvard University. Latin school has a $50 million endowment. English has a much smaller one than that. Endowments for the Franklin High School, we have got to have some outstanding graduates graduate from Franklin High School now. What about the idea of establishing an alumni association that would actively seek not only for scholarships, but kind of research and point out who might be a, a, a candidate for endowing or, or appreciating in general the graduates of Franklin High School that would appreciate in some way, either through scholarships or, or through an endowments of an alumni association. Uh, be in Franklin. Is that something you would advocate, or has anyone talked about it? No, it's um, there's certainly you know some great ideas. I know that from uh, central office perspective, from within the district itself, uh, it would likely kind of have to be a volunteer organization at least right now, because you know unfortunately in the same fashion with uh, the grant writing, right now Franklin just can't afford teachers that it currently has. That's why there was layoffs, uh, you know, last season. And, you know, right now, like, Franklin can't afford middle school clubs. That's why we, those had to be cut. And so there's, when there's so many, so many, uh, you know, activities and structures that we currently have that we can't afford, it's very difficult in the same fashion with the grant writer to then be able to say, well, we are going to expand in this area. Because uh, the facts of the matter is that, unfortunately, right now, Franklin public schools can't afford to expand. Steve, you're familiar with the school committee budget. Do you have a question? Well, a number. <laughs> um, for, for the purposes of this, let me go back a little to the Tri-County piece to the extent that clearly Tri-County, as we've discussed, I think, uh, the vote to approve is October 24. Then also the town council will be looking to potentially put it on the ballot question on November 7. That's not your responsibility from a Franklin School Committee perspective to advocate for the Tri-County, although clearly their schools, it's a school budget, they need their money, but uh, it's not yours. I just wanted to clarify for the listeners and voters, and I would think you would agree with that. <laughs> you can assist them, but they have to take the lead on that. That's correct. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, and it certainly, there's, there would be implications. Uh, you know, where, and uh, you know, when, when sitting on the, the joint budget subcommittee, hmm. uh, you know, where, where uh, Jamie Helen really kind of took a look at the five-year forecast, uh, the, the possible debt exclusion vote uh, for Tri-County is a very big question mark over the next five years. Uh, because if, if it doesn't come through as a debt exclusion, and, uh, but yet the majority of the communities go to vote for it, and because and again, that's kind of a little the nuance one. And again, mm -hmm. they're, they have their own advocates. And but I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm here. I sat in some of the meetings. What's What's interesting is that with when it comes to the Tri County, that uh, you know Franklin itself could could say could say no, mm -hmm. but if every other community overwhelmingly says yes, it's fifty percent plus one amongst uh, the all of the communities uh, that go out and vote that day. And so then when it comes to the debt exclusion, uh, if, if it's something that's gonna be moving forward with the tri-county vote, and uh, there's, you mentioned there's, there are advocates out there, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of great information to kind of say where it could be beneficial and how it would be beneficial. But again, even if, um, if, if we end up saying no to that debt exclusion, but all those communities say, yes, we're gonna build it, it's being built. 
And so now suddenly the money that we have to, to cough up for that, uh, those, uh, the building process will be coming out of the operational budget. And there's going to be a direct impact to the schools and to, to every other department that's out there. Um, and so while you know, I'm not sitting on any of those boards, uh, I, I will say it, it you know, certainly at this moment seems like it would behoove uh, the, the Franklin Public Schools if that debt exclusion were to be passed. It's just going to be, you mm -hmm. know, it's not going to be money that's going to be uh, further cutting the budget that we already can't afford. Yeah. What is the question that I haven't asked you that you want to uh, give your... Uh, expert expertise for the public to know? Well, uh, you know, one thing uh, that I think uh, that, you know, we kind of, we, we had a lot of uh, great discussions. Uh, one of the things what, what I would love to, to talk about now too is, when, you know, because like, when you talk about grant writing, it is so important. And, uh, and while right now it doesn't seem like that's something that, that Franklin's budget, you know, can't afford, uh, what I, I have been done when you talk about alumni too, I went back to, to my old uh, university where I got my my grad went to graduate school because again you know we had our own grant writing class that they actually still do have as well and uh, I spoke to uh, to the professor over there just to say you know as you're starting to to have a new class and they have it uh, it's usually in the January it starts to kind of to come up but as you're having new students come in and as you're having students look to uh, uh, align themselves with certain departments or certain organizations mm -hmm. to write grants for. Let me know. You know, I'd love to, to go. Uh, you know, I'll uh, hopefully have the opportunity to kind of go back to, to my college campus uh, and, uh, you know, speak to some of these students. Because if, if we're, you know, while we can't afford a grant writer right now, if we're able to, to have some, you know, graduate students be able to work together and work with uh, the town and help to write some grants, then that'll be a fantastic way to, to help raise revenue and, you know, uh, help that budget situation just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And as we're getting to close, I'll just give a plug as well that thanks to Dave and the other Dave, Dave McNeil, uh, who at least on the most recent chalkboard chat, got into and we're getting into a process where we'll recap the school committees with a podcast. So for the listeners, if you haven't already heard them, tune in and certainly going forward, everything willing, schedule-wise, et cetera, that will continue so you'll be able to find out more of current issues beyond the election. Because I know that oftentimes, you know, the school committee meetings themselves, they run a little bit late. Uh, some have accused me of being a bit long-winded <laughs> and ha having stuff to say. But uh, we do on these chalkboard chats, we try to condense it down to within about 30 minutes. So it's a quick little uh, listen to, to catch yourself up to speed on the issues that we've had and get a little bit of uh, backstory and how we got there and, and where we're going as well. Well, for the viewing public, the listening public, in the reading public, because this is all three formats, for Dave Callahan, Steve Sherlock, and Frank Falvey, we encourage you to watch, listen to, or read this uh, program, and we all hope to see you at the election on November 7th, and please say hello to each one of us. This program was made possible by your Franklin friends and neighbors. Good folks, just like you.
thanks for supporting Franklin TV. And thanks for watching.